behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Lordy, lordy, look who's recording episode 40. It's your favorite Score North podcast, the Taxi Squad. Welcome in, everybody, on this April 12th. Hope everybody's having a wonderful week. Hope you had a wonderful Easter. And, of course, to most of my family members who celebrate Greek Orthodox Easter, a Christos Anesti this week. Uh, hope everybody's doing great. Like I said, it's the usual guys, like always. The cabbie's on duty. My name is Jason Stormer. We've got Artist Woods. And AJ Fredrickson in the house tonight. Gentlemen, how we feeling this week? Feeling pretty good, man. Feeling pretty good, man. It's been beautiful outside, man. Nice and warm and hot, man. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Lakers in the playoffs, man. Oh, yes, <laughs> we got to talk are. about those wolves in a second. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling really good today. How about you? How you feeling, uh, AJ? Uh, pretty, you know, pretty solid about as good as I can be, I guess, you know, it's, uh, it was a record setting high today, 88 degrees, the hottest it's been since 1931 on this day in oh. Minnesota. Yeah. I, I came with the saber metrics today, Jeff. So <laughs> buckle up. What's the launch <laughs> angle of the temperature today? I'm curious. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's, I feel, I feel like we've done this lately the last few weeks, just because the weather has been getting nice here in Minnesota. We're just we're classic Minnesotans here on the taxi squad, everybody. We just kind of talk about the weather to start every single show. But, you know, when you're bringing in facts like, hey, this is the first time this temperature has been reached at this time of year in like 100 years like AJ is, you know, at least we're making it interesting for you guys. Yeah, the weather has just been knockout here in the Twin Cities. And you know what else has been knockout here in the Twin Cities as well? The Minnesota Timberwolves and just how they've been treating their teammates as of late. Look, artists mentioned yes. We, we're going to talk about the Laker Timberwolves game. This is kind of like, I mean, normally we actually lead off with Timber, uh, excuse me, Vikings uh, coverage here on the podcast, but we're obviously like so much has happened with the Timberwolves this week. We got to get right into it, but I feel like we got to go chronologically here. We got to start with that uh, regular season finale with the Pelicans and just pretty much all hell breaking loose on the Timberwolves bench. It started with Jaden McDaniels punching the wall after he dealt with some foul trouble. And then we know what happened between Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson. Guys, I was busy with my family family celebrating Easter, having Easter dinner. I wasn't watching the game, but I was getting all these notifications on my phone. And I was just trying to like comprehend while I'm doing an Easter egg hunt with my nieces. What is going on with the Timberwolves right now? What was your guys' reaction to just everything that happened in their regular season finale on Sunday? That was a lot, bro. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot, you know, a lot has happened. And, you know, you see, I like to think that a lot of those type of things happen in the locker room and in practice, you know, it's competitors. They're competitors. They're in the NBA. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're trying to make playoff noise. You know, they ultimately want to be champions. And so, you know, I feel like things of that nature happen. You know, it's just unusual to see it happen in a game on the bench. And it's unusual to see a punch thrown live on television like that. That is very unusual. Um, from my understanding, the B word was thrown around, you know, thrown out there. And I just think, you know, there are some things that you just don't say um, to another man. And, you know, it's just, you know, that that's the result you're going to get in a lot of situations. Um, but at the same time, Rudy Gobert also got to control himself a bit like you're. You can't throw punches <laughs> in the middle of a basketball <laughs> game. 
you know, and then you got to think about everything that's on the line. Like you now you're kicked out of this game. So you're done this game. And then they turn around and suspend you. So now you'll you'll miss the Laker game, which he ultimately missed. And it's like, dude, like these games are important. Like you guys are trying to get in the playoffs. You guys are trying to make noise. The last thing you need right now is this type of distraction, you know, this type of situation going on. So, you know, I did hear that he came out and apologized to everybody and talked to everybody individually, talked to the entire team, which is nice. But, yeah, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. And and McDaniels, mm. come on, man. <laughs> like, like, what can you say? What can you say? Like, oh. I know it was an accident, you know, I, I, but come on, man. Like that's that's tough. What what was accidental about that? I mean, I, like he, from like, my understanding, he didn't know like the the wall was behind the curtain or behind the cloth that he touched. You know, but that's like the regular tunnel he walks down every single game. Like, how do you not know? Like, that's that's true. If they weren't at, if they weren't at the Target Center, I would maybe buy that. But like, how many times you're walking down there for practice? You're walking down there for games tw- at least twice. Yes. Four to, actually four times to walk out, Ben out in like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me um it this i mean i i don't find joy in this and i know i like have tweeted like it was it's hilarious and all this stuff like that but the timberwolves might be the most unserious sports franchise i've ever seen they are they're like they're honestly a joke it's incredible it's incredible that the guy that they traded five total human beings for is fighting a teammate during a game in front of everybody, not even a year after being acquired, you've got one of the guys who they need his defensive prowess going into a big play-in game against the Lakers. A guy who has, for, for I, I mean, I don't know the actual like big stats. They showed it in the uh, broadcast the other, other night. He locks down LeBron James. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> the length. He's length. He's I don't long, know what it man. is about him, but he locks he's down quick. LeBron James. And then he punches a wall and, and what fractures his hand. He can't play basketball anymore. They're already missing uh, Nas Reed because he, what, fell and did something to his wrist, I want to say. Yes. Yep. What are we doing? <laughs> if if you loaded up 2K, this the awareness stat on every single person affiliated with the Timberwolves would be at a seven. Out of ninety nine, it's 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 incredible how 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 just I'm not gonna say brain dead, but just out of they're so out of sorts. It's incredible. They are a deer in headlights of an organization because it's I, I I'm I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words, and I'm sure as somebody who doesn't follow the team as closely as both of you, you probably have a lot more to say. But like as somebody who you know, follows very casually. It's it, I'm embarrassed. The people of Minnesota, especially I, I'm sure just like the diehard Timberwolves fans. I know that you, you aren't getting like, you know, uh, Pistons fans aren't coming at you and being like, ha ha ha. I'm sure there's, it's like second, third, fourth hand embarrassment for all Timberwolves fans that your team is in the spotlight for the worst possible reasons. Mm-hmm. the worst possible reasons. And it's been like this since Tim Connolly has taken over. What's the first thing he did on the job? He didn't paint a hallway. He didn't like do some charity event. He traded five guys, five picks for one dude who's fighting a teammate. And frankly, artists, I'm going to disagree with you. I understand that 
you know, it's in the heat of the moment. So I'm sure tempers are flaring, but if that is what's setting you off, he's, he's got to have, he, he got to have better on. control than that. He got to have, better what are we talking about? It's not like he attacked a family member verbally. It's like, like that's to me, we're just throwing, like, that's just like, you're throwing that out. It's a, it's a sentence in enhancer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, yeah. it, 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 that's not personal. It's just like, okay, you're in the heat of the moment. That seems like a pretty go-to move. Pretty go-to <laughs> word. You know what I'm saying? To, yeah. Like, I mean, know, yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I definitely, that and like MF are like the same thing. It, it really doesn't mean anything, but it feels like he took that way into way too personally because I saw that like Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski is t- mentioning that in his tweets about the, the situation. That should not be a factor. And if that's what really sets you off, soft, so soft. This team is is ten ply toilet paper because I don't understand what's going on now. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then and then you suspend the guy that you traded all this stuff for, and I understand you probably have to do something about it. You can't just be like, all right, we're all set, we're good. But what a what a joke! <laughs> what an absolute just non serious sports franchise the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves are. Just crazy, crazy yeah. times. Yeah, it's amazing how this franchise keeps setting a new lower bar, right? Like just <laughs> when you th- just when you think they have reached the pinnacle of their ineptitude, they find a way to inept like inept out inept themselves. It's just it's year after year, and it doesn't seem like it ever changes with new front office regimes, new coaches, new players, and stuff like that. And like in terms of like a pure roster, this is one of the best rosters the Wolves have actually had in a long time. So like there's still plenty of things to be optimistic about, but still, it just what is going on from like a leadership standpoint with this team? Like, how are these things even allowed to happen? Like Obviously, I feel like, guys, this was something that has just built between these two for just a while now, and it just exploded in the last game of the season. You know, there was a lot on the line. You were trying to secure a playoff spot, uh, seeding-wise anyway. You were going against a really competitive team, a team that, you know what, ultimately you're going to have to – well, I think they got to take care of Oklahoma City tonight, but if they do, then you're going to have to play them again. So, like, you're already thinking about that kind of stuff. And you just let it get the best of you. And so now I'm just kind of wondering, all right, like, I know that Chris Finch is the head coach, but in what way? And like, sure, we've had reports now, like from the Star Tribune that like Kyle and Rudy have like squashed the beef or whatever. But a head coach's job, in fact, any coach's job, if I if I in my opinion is to be able to pick up on some of these kind of things that he's noticing and like practice in the locker room and stuff. Like there is kind of like a mental observation kind of thing that is like necessary as a coach, you got to read the room. You got to pick up on these vibes. And I just can't imagine things between Rudy and Kyle have been great. Like the last couple of weeks for it to escalate to punches being thrown for inappropriate words being said at each other, like in the middle of a game, in the middle of an important game with fans all around you, with cameras on you as well. Like you guys also decided to settle this in a public forum as well. So there's something to be said about that. And so it's like, yeah, what what are we doing with these two guys? And back to Jaden, of course. I mean, it's just for a guy that we have praised for having so much composure at his age, like, 
nothing really seemed to phase the guy. He kind of just went out on the court and just did his own thing and like didn't show a lot of emotions. Um, not that he was like Andrew Wiggins out there or anything like that. No, there's a whole different level of effort between those two, if you honestly ask me, and just what their expectations are. And so to me, I was shocked, shocked to hear that Jaden was the one who punched the wall. Like I would expect to hear that. I would have expected Rudy to do that. I would have expected Cat to do that before Jaden. I would have expected Ant to do that before Jaden. To be honest with you, I mean this guy has been so even keeled, and I think I I have attributed to just being one of the big anchors of just having a good grounded personality in this locker room. To have Jaden be the guy to do it, I was just like I, I was taken aback by that. I mean it's all it's always crazy when you hear a player doing that kind of thing, no matter what, especially in the middle of a game, but. For this guy, for this guy that I've loved the personality traits and stuff like that, I was just really, really surprised and a little bit disappointed, honestly. Like, I'm kind of, I mean, obviously he's not going to play for a while, so it doesn't matter. But if I were the Timberwolves, I might have suspended Jane McDaniels for a game, too. For just, if anything, you just want to say, like Michael Wilbon said, just being dumb. For majoring in dumb. I mean, it just. <laughs> majoring I mean, in dumb. Like, what are you, what are you doing, dude? I mean, and I know they didn't send him or, or home or anything like that. And like, yeah. And actually to Jaden's credit, like he kept his frustration of uh, hyper localized. He kept it to himself, right? He didn't take it out on anybody. He took it out on. Uh, he took it out on himself. <laughs> yes. Right. But like, which, is, which not, I like, would say is even worse. I would too. I was going to say at least he's not getting teammates involved. Right. At least he's not taking out his aggression on other people like Rudy and Kyle are right. That's better, in my opinion. But still, the whole situation is just an absolute mess, and it's disappointing. And somehow they won that game. <laughs> somehow they found it within themselves. Ant had a really good game. Cat had a really good game. And they were able to lock in the eight seed. That's great and everything. So it's it, – that, that, that is honestly, like, the whole weirdest part about this whole story is that they somehow found a way to, like, all right, we're going to compose ourselves, and we're actually going to go out there and take care of our business. And that, that was – mildly encouraging but then now we get to the actual laker game itself and nobody myself included really were given the timberwolves any chance in hell to win that game because they suspended rudy obviously no Jaden, and um obviously uh nasrit is going to be out as well and so it's it, honestly like going into it i was just kind of like okay you know if they put up a good fight you know i'll be pretty content but i mean that game turned out to be a like we were talking about ours before all this, a really, really entertaining game, but also just a kind of a mess of a game at the same time. And so, um, yeah, the Wolves lost to the Lakers. Ultimately, they do have another shot to get in the playoffs. But I don't know. What, what were your ultimate like first observations of just especially that fourth quarter, man? It was just crazy. I mean, it's it. <sighs> Just it's mixed emotion because you know I'm a Laker fan, so obviously I'm rooting for the Lakers. But the Lakers didn't look great yesterday either. I don't know as a Laker fan. I mean, I know LeBron is there, Anthony Davis is there, but I don't know how much confidence you have after that type of game entering the playoffs. So I just want to throw that out there because that was ugly. But like my two biggest takeaways from the game, just ultimately, like I got I, I cannot give Chris Finch a pass anymore. I can't give Finch. I, I can't. I can't give him a pass anymore. He is. He has not been good with situational basketball at all. Like the biggest games of the year, going back to the playoffs last year, situational basketball has not been his strong suit. 
He, his play calling down the stretch of basketball games has not been great. His non-use of time or, or, or use of timeout in the wrong moments have not been great. He hasn't been able to stop the bleeding in a lot of situations where the team is up big and, you know, the opposing team is mounting that comeback. It seems like he has no control. The, the entire first half and third quarter of that basketball game, the Wolves are cutting all around the court. There's constant motion. There's constant, you know, movement of the basketball. You know, guys are hitting shots. Guys are playing well and playing the playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. And in the fourth quarter, all of that completely stops. Now, you can say that's on the players, but that's also on coaching. Like, yo, let's go back to what we was doing the first three quarters. What are we doing? Let's get some cuts going. Let's run some plays here. Let's call a timely timeouts. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't, he's just, he's not good in those moments. But I think more than that, Anthony Edwards, I don't know if it's the shoulder. I don't know if it's the knee. I don't know if it's, he's still sick. I don't know if it's in his head. They said he has some type of cramps or something. Maybe I don't, Kyle Tige even made a case that he might've even had a concussion when they recorded flagrant howls last night. So maybe, maybe I, I don't know. I, he I don't, fell hard. He fell hard on that play. I don't know exactly what happened, but or what he's going through. But what I do know is he's he has to play better because you can make the argument that Cat didn't show up in the fourth quarter. You can make an argument that the team, you know, just played like the days ago on both sides of the ball in the fourth. You can make an argument that, you know, Finch, his play calling down the stretch, his, his lack of use of timeouts, you know, his mistakes cost the team. But all of that would have been forgotten about. If Anthony Edwards showed up and gave you 22 points, if he showed up and gave you 23, 24 points, because the Wolves would have ran away with the game. If he came in and dropped timely buckets when the Wolves needed points on the board, they'd have, they'd have wiped the floor with the Lakers with the, way, with, the, with the way the Lakers were playing yesterday. They were already hitting a ton of shots the Wolves were. And so there were moments in that game where you just looked at Ant and it's like, this is his moment. He's got to take this shot. He's got to get to the rim. He's got to get to the free throw line. He's got to make something happen. Cat is going to be Cat. He was the ultimate supporting castmate the other night. That's what we want him to be for the most part. Yes, he got in foul trouble and all that, but that's what Wolves fans want him to be at this point because they want Ant to ascend and be that guy. Ant had that moment, and much like the first time they played the Lakers, or at least the most recent time they played the Lakers, the game I was at, he played terrible. So I don't know what's going on with him, but if they want to make any kind of noise in the playoffs, in this play-in, if they want to do anything, he's got to be light years better than what he was. I don't think it'll continue. He's young, but my goodness, man. If the shot is not falling, get to the basket and get to the free throw line. And Finch, if the shot is not falling – Tell him to get to the basket and get to the free throw line. Heck, <laughs> run plays that allow him to cut back door to get easy baskets. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. You know you know it's not good when artist has to say come on, man, multiple times about your team in several different instances. Like, we're, we're, we've covered many topics already with the Timberwolves. It's just been that kind of week. It's been one of the most tumultuous weeks in their franchise's history, let's be honest about it. Uh, yeah, U-G-L-Y, he ain't got no alibi that fourth quarter. I mean, it was just – and not just Ant. I think Ant definitely was the biggest uh, the source thumb that was sticking out in that fourth quarter for sure because even though, like, I, I loved him still just – trying to get something going uh he he took some pretty wild shots but 
when he was open, he did take some jumpers and it just, they weren't falling. And even Reggie Miller on the broadcast with Kevin Harlan on TNT was probably like the rest of Wolves fans at the time, just imploring Ant, like, come on, let's do something. You just got to get going, attack the rim, attack the rim. Like you were saying, Artis, um, when he got blocked by LeBron though, I I feel like that, like, changes confidence because that happened a little bit earlier in the game and i just for whatever reason i think that just got him in a rhythm where it's just like all right i'm not gonna have a really uh positive experience at the rim tonight so i might just try to rely on my jumper and it just it just really wasn't working it was completely off it is arguably one of the worst games he has ever had in his professional career and that really stings because of just the whole situation i mean you win You get to go into the playoff. You get to be the seventh seed. You get to take on the Memphis Grizzlies. The whole world's pretty much watching. You're you're in L.A. You're playing at what do you guys call it? Don't you call it the crypt now? Because it's crypto. Crypto. Man, how how is it still called that? Aren't they bankrupt? Didn't they just like scam people out of money? It was the it was the it was the the my so the Miami Heat. Uh, I think it was FTX. That was the one that Miami Heat named their arena after FTX. And they had to like scrap that after just a few months because uh, obviously that's such a, I I don't really get cryptocurrency. I'm going to be honest with you. And I need to talk to my buddy, Ben. He knows all that kind of stuff. So if I ever want some financial advice, I can let you guys know. Um, But yeah, back to this fourth quarter. I mean, Ant jacket up the shots. Uh, Tori and Prince, that overthrow with two minutes left to go. I, I don't know what, that was i don't know what he was looking for but i mean the worst turnover of that fourth quarter was kyle anderson's over and back with like 30 seconds to go when somehow the wolves got that possession because that foul was called on lebron when him and torian were going after the ball i don't know that was kind of a bang bang play if you ask me if you ask me too, um even anthony davis's foul at the very end of the game to send mike conley to the line that was pretty bang bang as well i don't know it's it's late in the playoff game just that whistle in your pocket at that point unless it's blatantly obvious and i know that ad caught his hand a little bit but it it was like just a little high five it was just like a little tap it wasn't anything aggressive at all but conley fell he sold it and so like to his credit and he made all those free throws too um that that was so close i mean i'm gonna take away mike conley just playing great in this game no matter what because we we got to talk about this a little bit um where was d'angelo russell that entire game uh look as wolves fans we've been through that before i mean the guy has literally been benched in playoff games when he's been on our roster that happened last year against the memphis grizzlies um he shot terribly he was pretty much nowhere to be seen maybe facilitated a little bit but just as a lakers fan artist and obviously we made the trade earlier in the offseason i mean just the d'angelo russell experience i feel like you guys got a good a good full dosage of that yesterday with all that and it just makes me honestly appreciate my conley a little bit more after all that yeah like d'lo similar to him playing in minnesota he has his moments like he has his moments where he hits big shots down the stretch of games he he has his 30 point games his 25 point games his his super you know efficient shooting nights like he he has those moments you know games where he's diamond out you know seven eight nine assists he has great moments but then yeah he has those moments like last night where it's like you're unplayable basically the whole second half of the game we're gonna go with dinner shooter in the second half fourth quarter in, in ot because you are playing that bad what i've noticed about d'lo is that his game is is it's weird because it's not slow. 
it's it's very patient though. Mm-hmm. Like he's not in a hurry to get anywhere. But I've noticed that the weakness to that is a athletic guard that can really get in him. Like I've noticed once a once a really athletic guard gets in front of him and kind of gets physical with him, he struggles because his game is so slow and his finesse and you know, very patient. And I'm gonna slowly get to my spot here. I'm gonna pull up from my jumper. It's very like it's good, but it's kind of like it's kind of it feels casual sometimes. Like he's just almost going through the motions in a way. And again, I know that's not what he's doing, but that's what it feels like when he's got a guy that's quick, fast, you know, good with his hands right in front of him. Oh, I gotta pick the ball up. Oh, I'm passing the ball. Oh. I'm taking these, you know, tough shots and getting my shot blocked. Same thing happened last year against Memphis, you know, when he started to see Desmond Bain. He started to see Jai. Like, he started to get those athletic guards in front of him. You know, um, even Tyus Jones, he struggled. But against guys that have similar play styles like him, whose defense isn't as athletic or as physical, well, he's going to get money because he's going to get open shots, and he's patient enough to not turn the basketball over. So he's making decent, you know, decisions with the basketball. So last night we saw that. And they will see Memphis again. The Lakers will see yeah. Memphis again. And we'll see a lot of that again. He'll have his moments. But as soon as they get in his chest, man, it's, it's tough for him. I think he's a good player. I, I really do. I think he does a lot of good things. But, ah, uh, <laughs> again. You are, echoing, you are echoing what so many Wolves fans have pretty much said about his pretty much tenure with the Timberwolves. Um, and, yeah, like, like you said, you got to face Memphis again. So, I mean – if any issues that came up with Delo last season might come up again, I mean, yeah, you got to play the same team again. So it's it, it's so strange because, like you said, he can have these really wonderful games, but then he just he just disappears. And when, like, and obviously because like Anthony Edwards had a really bad game, like I don't think a lot of Wolves fans can be like, ah, D'Angelo Russell had like a really bad game. It's like, no, our main guy, our D'Angelo Russell is not supposed to be the main guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's supposed to contribute way more than he ultimately did, but it's just it, it. And like, yeah, ultimately the Wolves lost the game, too. So there's not a lot of bragging rights with that, too. But it, it was just really I and, and I picked up on it, too. Like with seven minutes to go, I was like, D'Lo's on the bench. He's on the bench again. This is this is playing out pretty much exactly the same way. It's just like he was just wearing a different uniform. But just last season, I knew when Anthony Edwards lined up and got in front of him to start the game, he was in trouble. <laughs> I, I knew i'm like yeah and because not only is ant super athletic he's he's a physical defender he's a lengthy defender not only does he have all of that stuff going in, in, in his favor this is a guy who played on the same team as d'lo and a guy who's defended him in practice before so he yep. kind of knows too like he's got film but he also kind of knows you as a as a hooper and that's that's tough you know so i i consider ant one of the best defenders in the league um, and a lot of it is just, man, he he can he he's quick, he's fast, and he's got a lot of athletic uh, athleticism, and he hustles, he hustles. Mm-hmm. Lining up in front of D'Lo, uh, yeah, I, I figured, I figured. So I mean, the Lakers, I thank God we have depth. <laughs> I thank God we have depth at the position because most of the time LeBron has the ball in his hands too. Austin Reeves can handle the ball. Dennis Schroeder, we saw him have a, a pretty big night. He can handle the ball. You know. I, <laughs> Right. Got, I don't know, man. I, don't you know, I mean, no, if, look, I know that the Lake, yeah, and I know that <laughs> the Lakers have been like kind of a sexy make the conference finals pick because they've really just rebounded the last couple of weeks, actually, even just make the playoffs at all. Like, a lot of people didn't even think that was even possible, especially when LeBron injured his ankle a while back. Uh, yeah, you, you, 
if you guys want to go far, you got to have Delo just break that trend and just at least get in there every single game, get those 10 points, get those seven or eight assists at the very least, just be present, uh, yeah. be available. Don't, don't be on the, but you should not be sitting with Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley uh, in the fourth quarter when it's go time. You should be out there with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They traded you for that. They traded you for that, but I still like Mike Conley. So I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, so I guess, mildly previewing their next game that's going to be on Friday. Again, we don't know the opponents. We got to wait till Oklahoma City and New Orleans uh, play their thing out. That's actually happening tonight, so we'll know that pretty soon. Um, but Rudy will be back for this game. Uh, it was just a one-game suspension. Um, he'll return. Obviously, Jane's going to be out. No Nas Reed. Um, but again, like I, I like to think professionalism will prevail I'm not saying like the Wolves will ultimately win. I mean, especially like I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more afraid if they have to play New Orleans and Oklahoma City, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Even though Shea is great, I just think New Orleans is just, just a deeper team, even though I know these are just one game scenarios. But I really just hope that, like I said, professionalism prevails. Let's just let's just be adults in the room. According to them, according to legitimate news sources, the beef is squashed. Let's have no, I know we're in Minnesota. We love passive aggressiveness in, around here. Let's not let have any of that happen. And let's just go out there and play a basketball game. Again, I don't even like need, because again, like the, this, the end of the season has just been so like, it's been chaos. It's been entertaining at the same time, but it's been absolutely chaotic. And so even if the wolf season ends on Friday, I'm not going to like, I'm, I'm not going to be terribly devastated because we've actually had a lot going on. And even though, like, I don't know if they if they get the Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets. I mean, artists, you made a case last week about how the Denver Nuggets could absolutely be had in a fairly. I mean, the the whole Western Conference is just a, a, a mess, but we'll see what happens there. Um, But anyway, my, my last point anyway is just. I just want to see a regular just basketball game it can be entertaining it can be exciting everything but in terms of just everybody on the bench going about their business i just want to see everybody just kumbaya getting along and i think they will i really do because yeah. now there's like the whole, but the whole world is gonna is watching this whole i know i know i know you get that i know no. they I need to the make playoffs though they need to make the playoffs we want to see them they ain't got to be kumbaya they need to make the playoffs. That is how I know that's what you want to see, not to cut you off. No, but for me, bro, all this hype preseason, the, the team that everybody thought they would be, for them to lay an egg like this to end the season is atrocious. No way the Lakers should have came up and snatched seven seed before you guys got it. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 no way. Now, I think they're still gonna make it, but you're right. You don't want to see New Orleans. <laughs> you don't want to see New Orleans with Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum with an opportunity for them to make the playoffs. That that's going that that's going to be tough. But I still think this basketball team should make the playoffs. They, yeah. I think they, if Anthony Edwards and Cat play like how they're supposed to play, they will make the playoffs. But I think, and again, I'm new to the area, but let's not be satisfied. Which is why ah, they just kumbaya, just in the season. Just no, the standard should You're still right. be You're right. a get into the playoffs and then a let's win this first series and then a let's win this second series. You got Car Anthony Towns and Ant. I view both of those guys as stars in this league. Right. Jaden McDaniel's injury does hurt. I'm not gonna act like it don't. 
because, you know, when I originally said they beat Denver or they could beat Denver, I had Jaden McDaniels in mind, you know, because he could switch off and guard so many guys on the perimeter. But now it is going to be a little tougher. That's not to say that when you have two stars on your roster, you shouldn't have high expectations. And so it will be nice for them to kumbaya and all of that. But I'm more so like, go win the game. Right. They should have beat the Lakers. They should have beat the Lakers. You dang sure better win this game and get into the postseason. Trade all these pieces to not make the postseason and lose to teams in the play-in? Man, nah. They got to get to the playoffs. I hear you. No, I hear you. I just, admittedly, I just feel emotionally burnt out by this team the last few <laughs> weeks. So it's just like if it did end, it'd just be like, okay, like I, I'm, I'm a little exhausted just because of all the injuries piling up, everything that happened on Sunday. And yes, that Laker game was not the best basketball we've ever seen played on a court, but it was still really entertaining. My heart was still thumping a ton. Um, although admittedly, when Cat got in the foul trouble, when he got his fifth foul with nine minutes left to go, it's just like, we're not going to win this game because Kyle Anderson is literally going to have to stop Anthony Davis in the post. And that did not work very well at all. Anyway, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I, I still was on pins and needles. Cause I just, I just, Anthony Edwards played so bad. <laughs> Anthony Edwards played so bad the last time against yeah. the Lakers. I just knew he was going for 30. I just like, he's going to go for 30 on this, this game. I just, mm-hmm. so even with, him getting in foul trouble, Carl Anthony Towns, that is, I still was expecting Ant, like, Ant's going to hit some big shots and make this mm-hmm. tough. Because, again, the Lakers were trying to get a game away. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah, like, with yeah. even with like 0.1 seconds left to go, they literally tried to get a tried. game away. Tried. They tried. <laughs> it was fair. It, yeah, it was It was nuts. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Wolves. We'll see what um, opponent they get. But very likely they'll have already played at maybe one playoff game um, next time we talk. I mean, obviously their only possible opponent is the Denver Nuggets. So we can definitely like get into that playoff matchup potentially if, if it does work out for the Timberwolves. Let's hope it does. I love the conversations that we have weekly on this show about it. So I don't want them to go away. Artist is right. I shouldn't just be satisfied with just like, ah, if you lose, okay, at least you tried hard. Here's some orange slices. You're right. Hold them accountable. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of this team. It's just been, it's been a long couple weeks. And like, if we just, if we went to take a nap now for a while, I'd be, if we hibernate, wolves don't hibernate, but like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm tired. And so if it did end, okay, but no, 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 let's keep the fire lit a little bit. Let's get these wolves in the playoffs and let's see what happens to the Denver Nuggets. Again, they haven't been playing too great. All right. So probably some of the most basketball talk we've done on this podcast before. Again, just a crazy, crazy week for Timberwolves basketball but we do have to move on to Minnesota Wild hockey because there's still a whole lot going on there uh, with your Minnesota Wild Uh, an interesting kind of up and down week a few losses here a few uh, wins here as well most recent loss was to the Winnipeg Jets uh, three to one speaking of punches thrown in the Timberwolves game my goodness there were a lot of punches thrown in that one as well that was just Kind of a, just the people were mad at each other in that one. Typically, and that's typical when you play Winnipeg. The Wild and Winnipeg don't like each other. But I kind of need to like backtrack almost a full week because this has kind of been the biggest story, uh, in my opinion, of the week. Um, the injury to Yule Erickson Eck, uh, the Minnesota Wilds, pretty much their top center. Um, uh, he is now week to week. Um, I forget the exact injury. AJ will correct me on that in a second. But this is a devastating blow to the Wild who already have, you know, not the deepest uh, center core to begin with. Um, and But the, the hindsight is, is that Kirill Kaprizov is back as well. So it kind of stinks, AJ, that we 
we we're losing a really key piece, but also we're getting one of our biggest ones back at the same time. Yeah, the uh, the shot that Erickson Eck took uh, kind of hit that area right above the skate boot, right below the shin pad, so mm-hmm. right on that kind of upper ankle area. He's week to week. They specified as lower body because it's I I think it's illegal to put and I say that sarcastically illegal to put any like specific injury tag on anybody ever. It's either upper body or low. I mean, if you get shot in the chest, it's an upper body injury, not a bullet, not a bullet wound. It's upper body. So, um, yeah. So, I mean that it sucks. Um, the one silver lining is you get to see Marco Rossi come back up. Um, I'm excited to see kind of what he can bring. He's not, he's not Jewel Erickson. Um, really nobody on this team is he's the best center. He's a guy that gets overlooked. I think when it comes to Selkie voting, which is the best two way uh, offensive player or forward, essentially he's just so good at like all aspects of the game. Obviously it took um, a while to kind of see the offensive talent, maybe come out early in his career, but that defensive prowess has always been there. He's a guy that's reliable um, in the corners. He's a, he's a guy that really gets the other guys going because he's able to just keep working and he, he doesn't shy away from physical contact or those hits. He goes into the gritty areas and he's great on the penalty kill, which is where that injury was suffered. So it's kind of one of those, you know, laying down in the line of fire, you know, you're going to get wounded here and there. And unfortunately for, uh, for wild fans, it's uh, the worst of, of those two options. You do have Gustav Nyquist come back into the lineup. He has looked very solid in his uh, handful of games so far. Marcus Johansson with a little bit of a, um, well, we're, it was, they said soreness is the official thing today, which is good because if it's any like cracked ribs or broken ribs, um, you're going to get that kind of that eerie feeling heading into the playoffs. Just a t- stupid, stupid, unnecessary, cheap uh, cross check by by Neil Pionk last night, uh, and then somehow I the NHL Department of Player Safety. I'm convinced they just like shake a magic eight ball, and then that's how they pick these punishments for people. Because Ryan Hartman got suspended for his reverse hit on. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers and I do think that it was a I, I think it was unnecessary and I I think it was bad um, so I understand him getting a game but how does he get a game and Neil Pionk just gets fined five thousand dollars for a very clear premeditated unnecessary cross check to the ribs in in a game where the, where his team is winning by two um, and there's 20 seconds yeah. left like I don't I don't understand it Um you know, make it make sense to me. So, and I, yeah, whatever. I don't care about that. But my, my, my biggest thing here is this, this wild team. I know you sat a lot of your guys um, the other night against Chicago when you were on the road down there at the United center, you get a win, a very ugly win. That's fine. Sure. We you and I were watching that game together. It was fun. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, it was a hockey game. That's for sure. But you know, you, you lose to Pittsburgh last Thursday, 4-1, a Pittsburgh team fighting for their lives for the playoffs. You, I mean, you just put up, a you know, not a lot of fight. There was not a point in that game watching where I was like, the Wild are in control here, maybe late, just because Pittsburgh kind of turtled and the Wild took over in a sense because they were given the puck over and over again. But, you know, you, you beat St. Louis at home. You beat Chicago on the road. Just an awful, terrible, ugly win. You lose to Winnipeg and Winnipeg. I, it just, I, I'm, I hope I don't usually like 
go out of my way to say like i hope this team loses i hope winnipeg never wins a game again yeah just one of the most fake tough teams i've ever seen in my life like going out of their way yeah i mean kaprizov got hurt what now a month or so ago um Mm -hmm. taking on winnipeg i believe it was march 4th on the road up in winnipeg when he got hurt um it it seemed like they were targeting him going out of their way I'm not like not maybe with the intention of hurting, but it it sure looked like it was last night, just over and over and over again. And when he eventually did score his goal, you could see kind of like the uh, weight off his shoulders of like, yeah, I stuck it to him. It sucks that they lost, but oh my God, just such a fake tough team. It's not, it's so stupid. (laughs) And then uh, their coach, like trying, like motioning, to maybe fight Dean Evison on the bench, just hilarious because oh my Dean, god, Dean Evison, oh my god, would strangle the life out of somebody's eyes with a smile on his face. That guy is he looks like a psychopath, and that's exactly <laughs> I, I'm fine. I'm fine with him being behind the wild bench, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but oh, Rick Bonus, you would stand zero chance there. Um, no. my big concern though, not to just keep rambling here, is that and I'll no. get to my point, is that I'm nervous that the wild they had that like 14 game point stretch a few weeks back longest in franchise history. I was nervous during that point that that was going to be the peak of the season. Mm. Cause you see some of these teams, they maybe get to this point and then almost what the avalanche are doing Colorado. They've been hurt. They've been banged up. They've been struggling all season long. They were out of the playoffs at a certain point and they were in the wild card. And it's like, okay, are they going to get in? Are they going to get out? And now they're battling for the number one spot. It's looking like it's either going to be them or Dallas for the uh, for the number one spot in the Central Division. I think Colorado will probably hold on for that one spot, but they're going to be riding so high heading into the playoffs, and that's when you need to play your best hockey. In mm-hmm. the wild, they're not playing that great of hockey. They're getting more and more hurt, it seems like, every single night. I, I mean... Yeah, you had, no. a, you had a player only interview last Thursday after the the Pittsburgh loss. The second time they've done that this season already. You can only go to that well so many times. Right. You know, how 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 many times can you have a player only only interview that actually like is is uh like in, in, impactful, you know? At a certain point the coach needs to probably just step in and say something or it god forbid Billy G comes down from the the GM box and gets the troops rallied, but mm-hmm. no, I mean I'm I'm not um uh, I wouldn't say I'm the most confident heading into the final game of the regular season and then into the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, darn, because I remember a couple of weeks uh, we we uh ate, you said you were feeling a little yeah. bit tingle. And I and I was. I stand by that. I stand by it. I was I was I was getting that tingly feeling inside. And that's uh but I think I I think I said with a cautionary uh, like a precaution yeah. at the end was, but they have to kind of keep it up. I was nervous yeah. about whether they could keep it up. And let me tell you, Jason and Artist, they haven't been keeping it up. They have not been keeping it up. Um, yeah, it's, no. It's, yeah, it, I'm I'm frustrated. Uh, but, you know, we have one more game and then and that's the go. playoffs. And so yeah. um, we'll have to see how she goes. Yeah, I think like even a week ago, the matchup of maybe playing Dallas instead of Colorado, like really was just like probably what Mo Wiles fans were rooting for. And now, honestly, like they're both tied at 104 points, I think, right now. And Dallas is playing just as good as as Colorado right now so frankly I don't I'm not really I mean yes the 
the Avalanche are the defending champs. And so you don't really want to necessarily have to deal with that if you don't have to. And Dallas has a lot more to prove of itself, even though they made a Stanley Cup run um, not terribly long ago. Wasn't that like three or four years ago? It it seems like it was forever ago because I don't think they have a lot of the same players anymore. But um, yeah, neither one of them are to be trifled with. And yeah, the Wild have just seemed a little bit off. I don't know if it's because they've shuffled a little bit of lines with some injuries. Obviously, Mason Shaw is going to be out. Uh, Kirill's returning, and we've had a few draft picks come up too. Uh, Brock Faber made his debut uh, for the Minnesota Wild against the Chicago Blackhawks, and um, hopefully he can be a pretty positive contributor for the Wild. I mean, we were talking about this, AJ. It's crazy how these college hockey players can literally go from playing in the national championship game to two days later being on the ice making their NHL debuts. It was funny. Like There were like like three or four gopher players who literally made their NHL debuts within the last week, mm-hmm. very like recently after they uh, unfortunately lost in the national championship game. Um, Depends on who you are when you say, unfortunately, <laughs> right. Uh, go Huskies. I went to Bethel and St. Thomas. I don't have a dog in this fight uh, and huh, get it Huskies. Uh, anyway. So um, what I'm encouraged, even though it, it appears that he's off to a little bit of a slow start, Marco Rossi is back up with the Minnesota wild. I, I mean, obviously this has been a prospect that a lot of wild fans have been watching very intently throughout the season. He's had a very good season in Iowa. I think a lot of people though were, and maybe, I don't know, you can touch on this AJ. I mean, I think a lot of people were maybe expecting him to be called up one when Kaprizov got injured. And that wasn't the case. Uh, uh, Bill Guerin uh, kept him down there for a little bit more. But, you know, obviously we've had some injuries now pile up in the last couple of days. And, you know, maybe he would have gotten the call up no matter what, because teams maybe sometimes do this with their prospects uh, for the playoff push. Um, but uh, I don't know. It was was this just like was this the right time for Rossi Rossi, excuse me, to be called up? I, or did he need like did he really need an extra month of development or could he have been useful when Kaprizov got injured a month ago? Um, real quick to that for anybody listening, who's like, why are they, why are they calling him Rossi? It's Rossi. It's clearly Rossi. I've seen his name. He specified earlier this season to the Iowa crew down there that he, uh, he would prefer, well, he, he didn't correct anybody for like the first two seasons with them. And then he was like, Hey, by the way, uh, it's Rossi, but you know, if you don't want to change it, that's fine. And they're like, no, no, obviously we're going, we're going to change it. Um, so that's why we're saying that, but I wasn't super shocked about him not coming up with the Caprizov injury just because they're two different positions, two different styles of what needed to be filled. Granted, no, nobody in the organization is filling what Kirill Caprizov does on a nightly basis, but you need a winger to come up and, and fill that slot. I don't think uh, Rossi would be able to um, – he's still finding his game at the center portion. I mean, in, and I say finding very – tentatively because he's been lighting it up at the AHL, but the jump from the AHL game to the pro game is, I mean, you're playing some of the secondary best players in the, you know, in the hockey world each night too. You're playing the very best hockey players in the world on, on, on a nightly basis. So um, two different styles of players, two different positions. So I wouldn't want him to get thrust into that position. Um, even if I, he just played center, though, like would there have been even just an offensive spark, even if he just if they kept him at his position and found depth at the winger position anyway? Well, then you're making you're bumping somebody else out. And I guess maybe the guy would sure. be like Sam Steele there. But, you're you know, at the time with Mason Shaw is still in the lineup, you sure. wouldn't have uh, really messed with that fourth line. And then I don't think that, you know, that second line's getting too much. And then you're shuffling, um, you know, the the wingers there and like he's not going to bump down a, a, you know, 
it 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 did i it didn't really make as much sense to me i understand why um i you know maybe they would have made it work but i i think what they did with its time being probably made the most sense um but now that now that he's up he's playing his natural center position and you know i we he's gonna have to probably take it to a different level here if he's going to be a consistent lineup guy in the playoffs um and you mentioned this guy's name um a few minutes ago but brock faber he made his uh, NHL debut with Minnesota Wild uh, the other night, and he looked rock solid. Granted, they're playing the you know Bedard-worthy Chicago Blackhawks, but he looked like a guy who, whether he's um, meditating in a Zen garden or at the very top of a roller coaster about to go down, his heartbeat is at the same pace. You know, mm-hmm. he's gonna he he looks like a guy that if if he's if he messes up. He's not going to let the game become too fast for him. He's going to stay sound, uh, mentally capable, assess the situation in an efficient manner, and you know, and probably make up whatever mistake he committed. So um, he he looks. In a, in a, and granted, this is a very short sample size, but we've seen this through his time with the Gophers at the Olympics, at the World Juniors. He won a gold medal there. He's he he's exhibited that he is able to be a leader. And he's not going to obviously come in and be a leader for this team just because of his age and you know how green he is to the league. But I I think Dean Evison's going to have a real real tough situation because he's a guy that loves to play. Um, he, he leans on those veteran guys. <laughs> it's like that pecking order of like, well, you know, he's been in here since day one, and you know, I, I've seen him in the weight room. And let me tell you, the guys just love him. He's a big glue guy, parking lot guy. <laughs> he's so good for the squad, and you know, he's got all these games in the league. And I don't, I don't care if he's thirty nine years old. He's getting the start on the blue. I think he's going to have to really have a heart to heart with the rest of his coaching staff and say, like, you know, maybe John Merrill isn't the right pick here for for the game tonight. Maybe we need a guy who can keep up with that faster pace and maybe um, is able to be a little more technically skilled at certain areas. And that I think is going to be Brock favor. Not that John Merrill doesn't have a place in this lineup on certain nights, but it's going to depend on the po- the, the op- uh, opponent, the situation. If it's game one, game six, whatever, I, you're going to have to really have a hard conversation of which guy do we want in the lineup. And if you just bar a guy like Brock favor, after what I saw one night in the NHL against a uh, Chicago team that for the first two and a half periods essentially dominated that game, a, a team that is essentially having the front office work against itself because they want to keep losing. He looked mm-hmm. so, so good in that, you know, in that ice time he had. So um, I think Brock Faber, I'm not going to say deserves to get it, but he should get a very worthy consideration um, to get in the lineup for game one, game two, sometime in that first round. Yeah, no, I definitely want to see that. Obviously, he's a local kid, too. You always want to have him have success on the Minnesota Wild. Um, I just you talk about how he's like, that's my last point. And then we can I actually want to talk about the Twins home opener with you, AJ. Um, And like you talk about how he's like cool, calm and collected. And all I could think about is that photo from last year where he's sitting at ice at the Wild game and they win in mm-hmm. overtime and Kirill's in the background and he's wearing he's wearing a go for sure. But he's just cheering and having fun and just having a grand old time I mean, i think he was he was already a wild pick by then so it's like it's totally fine and fair but the moment he's just like, yeah cool calm and collected i just think of him just going nuts at ice right there so yeah i hope he uh i hope he sticks around if he can contribute yeah i mean 
look, I mean, sure, the injury problems for the Wild aren't really on defense as much as it is uh, for their wingers and their centers, but uh, we need as many guys as possible right now because, um, unfortunately, we've, we're, we're dealing with some injury issues. And, um, you know, maybe maybe you can get Ewell Eric's neck in the playoffs, maybe late in that first round. I don't know. Um, that depend. Obviously, you got to get late in the first round, too. So, yeah, Dallas or Colorado, um, maybe we lean – Want to play Dallas? Maybe I don't know. That's just out of the, out of the two to Colorado. I'm just gun shy because of the Stanley Cup. Out of the two, I'd pick Dallas. I feel okay. like the the up forward they can probably match up with with uh, with Minnesota a little bit better. And I think mm-hmm. the Wild could probably exploit a couple things here and there. Uh, just because I feel like when Dallas is like ha- when they have an off night, the Wild are able to probably capitalize and whatnot. But Avalanche, even if they have an off night, they're still going to be better than you. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the biggest thing that scares me though is Jake Ottinger um, mm-hmm. in goal for, and, and that's where I think Dallas has a clear edge in my mind, at least over the likes of Colorado. Jake Ottinger is unbelievable. Um, when he is on his game, not to like quote miracle or anything, but like when he's on his game, I mean, you got to see him. Um, he he's lights out. He's going to lock it down. He he's been. Um, a, I mean, wild fans have seen what like Phil Gustafson has done for this team at times this season, where he's just been like a number one star of the week or whatever in the NHL, Jake Ottinger can do that. And then some, mm-hmm. um, you know, he'll do it consistently. He's young, he's technically sound, but also he can make that sprawling save. He's good in high danger situations. He's cool, calm, collected. He can go the distance. If the game goes two, three overtimes, he's shown that he can do it. So and he and he already has that playoff pedigree to an extent because of the run they made last year. And I'm not going to say a run, but the performances, I should say, that he had last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, I know, is um, a Hall of Famer. He's going to go in their first ballot. Philip Gustafson has gotten a chance to blossom in his first year with the Wild after moving from a terrible situation with Ottawa. Um, but he doesn't have that experience in, in the postseason and plus, we don't even really know what the situation is for the Wild goaltending wise going into the playoffs. Oh. So, it's Everson has said that he's open to a uh, to a rotation, which I think honestly would be the best route for this team because there's such different styles of goaltending. Mark Andre Fleury is he's the circus, you know, he's the he's the guy spitting fire, the the high swinging trapeze. On the other side of things, Philip Gustafson is the 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 Tetris game where it's like very calm and precise and every piece is meticulously placed because it has an overarching uh like plan and you know you build this little thing and blah 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 and then you clear out the row it's it, and and honestly that is a very cool one two punch to have a lot of uh running backs like what the like football fans you have the two headed monster of the speed catching guy and then you have the you know, put the head down and just bulldoze through a brick wall or whatever. That's kind of the situation the Wild have with goaltending, but uh, we'll have to see come playoff time who gets the nod for game one and how much Dean wants to uh, switch them out. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll see how things play out, but, like, I mean, I think the Wild, in terms of goaltending, are in a pretty dang good place compared to some other teams because you could roll with either of these guys into the playoffs, and I think – most teams would be pretty happy with either one of them. So it's not like it's been very definitive, like, all right, Marc-Andre Furley, you're just going to play Cam Talbot, you sit on the bench. No, this is this is going to be um, quite a decision, one so that the Wild really haven't had before a playoff series, I think, in a long time, where it's just like, ah, really, who do we go with here? And a case can be made, obviously, for um, for both of them. So we'll see what happens. Um, 
Central Division needs to be figured out still. We're leaning a little bit that Dallas is probably going to be the Wilds opponent. Could be Colorado. If it is, oh boy, we'll see how that goes. Um, I mentioned I want to talk a little bit about home opener. I don't know if we, uh, for the Twins, uh, I don't know if we have enough time for that. We're kind of running out of it right now. But AJ and I did go, went to Loon, grabbed a great bait beforehand. It was a grand old time. Nice and sunny. Twins got the win. If anything, uh, I'll talk two seconds about the Twins right now. They're seven and four. I'm wondering if trading Luis Reyes, though. Oh, boy. Man, he's looking really good right now for the Marlins. He just hit for the cycle. So, uh, anyway, I don't have a lot more to talk about for the Twins other than that. But I think we got to start wrapping up things here on uh, Taxi Squad for the week. Um, I know that we do the dummy of the week occasionally and stuff like that. I'm just going to just say on behalf of all this, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves and all the punches you were throwing, you guys are definitely the dummies of the week. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just like... Unless you guys got another one you want to throw out really quick. I just think that, I mean, who, how oh, can you get what the Timberwolves did this week? Yeah, um, it, it's it's tough to compete with that. I will go in a certain, like, similar tangent to that. I'm going to say the the wall. The, <laughs> the wall, or who is, who's the architecture that built the Target Center? Who placed that wall there? That's, that's <laughs> how, my, dare you? how dare you not foresee that a Timberwolves player, one of the better defensive players, right before the playoff, the play-in tournament, was going to want to express some frustration and throw a punch right there. How dare you place that brick wall right there? That, so whoever built that brick wall, whoever laid the bricks, poured the cement, that's my dummy of the week. Dummy! Yeah! Yeah! No, I, here's the controversy too. The Target Center has been recently renovated too, so maybe that's a new wall that was built too. I don't know. Oh, there's there's an investigative piece for the Star Tribune or Pioneer Press just waiting to be told here. <laughs> anyway, artist, you got one? Uh, no, I don't, man. I, it would have to be Timberwolves theme. It'd probably be Chris French if I had to think. Of, <laughs> if I had to think okay. of anybody, you know, it would be Timberwolves themed right now, man. I mean, the way he just practically, you know, in a way, just as bad as Anthony Edwards last night blew that game down the stretch. He, he got to be my dummy of the week. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll probably wrap up another episode of Taxi Squad. Episode number 40. We reached 40 episodes, gentlemen. Only 10 away from 50. I, I honestly can't believe it. It's just, it's, it's flown by more than anything else. And it's just like, I can't believe we're here. So uh, thanks for doing this with me. I appreciate that. And thank you for everyone listening. We appreciate that as well. Gentlemen, any final thoughts before we wrap things up here today? My final thoughts are I should have changed my dummy of the week to Charles Barkley because that's who it really is. Well, hold on. I still got the button up. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's really it's really Charles Barkley for just riding with the Lakers before the game starts. Oh, the Lakers going to do this, that, and the third, blah, 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 blah. Then at halftime, switching up and being like, the Lakers think they're going to make some noise. The Lakers think they're going to do X, Y, Z. They not a good team. <laughs> really, Chuck? I'm glad they called him out. That's my real dummy of the week. <laughs> That's the real one. Right on. AJ, any final thoughts? No, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, no, it, good. It, what a what a what a week for just Minnesota sports altogether. You know, um, we'll have to see how she goes. Hopefully, Byron Buxton's okay for the sake of Twins fans. Yeah. I guess he's on. He's making the flight um, with the team tomorrow, so maybe it's nothing. And the thing is, baseball injuries. We were we were talking about the, and this is super quick, but the kind of weird injuries with the uh, with athletes. The punching wall one is not one I would expect from anybody other than a baseball player. Whereas, like Pitcher, today, yeah. the collision. Granted, I I think any football, hockey, or 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 basketball player it probably is like. 
I'm not going to say fine, but you know, maybe they're sore the next day baseball. That's either he gets up and he hits a home run the next inning, or he's out for three months. It's it, there's no, you, you don't know until you know. So yeah. Yeah. And it and it sucks because he's just been lasting two for me. He's just been DHing this whole time. It's not like he's been playing out in the field. Like the twins have been as cautious as possible, may, uh, getting him in a position where he can play and just still like these things happen. So uh, yeah, let's hope that he's okay. Correa is dealing with some back tightness too. And uh, but the twins pitching last thing for me as I wrap it up, it's just been lights out pitching staff was good again today as they wrapped up their series with the white Sox. they beat them three to one it, it's just been amazing this has been one of the best starts of the twins pitching staff that they had in a long time right now they have the second best era in all of baseball only behind are they still undefeated the tampa bay rays they can't no. lose they can't lose worst stadium in all of baseball for a long time but <laughs> those guys and they'll trade players away like players go they're still just uber competitive so Anyway, that will wrap up Taxi Squad for the week, everybody. Thank you again for listening. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast. If you do listen to Apple Podcast, please give us a five-star rating. Best way to support us, though, download the Score North app. Check out scorenorth.com. Find the Score North Taxi Squad podcast or any of your, any of your favorite podcasts here at Score North. Uh, give that thing a download, and that is literally the best way to support us and everything that we do here at Score North. For Jason Stormer, Artist Woods, AJ Fredrickson, again, thank you for joining us this week. Happy Easter. Christos and Esti, everyone. We'll check you next time. Take care. <laughs>